This episode of Continuing Mission is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your desktop or mobile device. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome everyone to another episode of Continuing Mission, our look at the ways in which fans are keeping Star Trek alive. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and the primary focus of this show is on the fan series, or as I prefer to call them, independent productions, that tell new stories set in the Star Trek universe. The Mirror Universe, despite being visited only eight times on screen, with most of those of course being on Deep Space Nine, remains a fan favorite. The classic episode Mirror Mirror has been hard to top in terms of sheer fun and intrigue, but TOS never told us what happened once Mirror Kirk returned to the ISS Enterprise. That story has been left for novelists and screenwriters to pick up on the fan side, and many have done so with fascinating takes on the Terran Empire. But while the story has been told before, there are always new ideas to be explored. So in this episode, we're joined by Matthew Blondine and Sebastian Pruth to learn more about their upcoming audio drama, Shadows of Tyranny, which picks up where Mirror Mirror left off as it tells the story of how Spock goes on to lead the Empire. Matthew and Sebastian, hello. Thanks for joining me on Continuing Mission once again to talk about another audio drama project. Thanks, Chris, for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys back again. Now, listeners to this show know you guys because you've been on before to talk about the continuing missions. And also, of course, you've been on the Ready Room and Warp 5 and all around. So people know you pretty well. So we're not going to talk about your Star Trek background like we often do on this show. We're going to jump right into this new project from Melting Clock Productions. And Sebastian, I have to ask you how you named your company here because I remember when I was in university we had a band director who moved down from Wisconsin I think it was or Minnesota first week in Alabama left his sunglasses on the dash of the car in the summer with the windows up came to band practice went back found them melted did that happen to your clock uh no uh <laughs> i wish it had because that's a much more interesting story than what actually happened to my clock um uh the way that i got melting clock productions was because i was experimenting with photoshop about 2003 uh-huh. 2004 okay. and um i had I was really into Star Trek props and I had this phaser and a picture of me just aiming this phaser at a clock sitting on my nightstand. And so, you know, with all my copious uh, spare time, I added a phaser beam to this picture and then melted the clock as Uh if I had shot the clock. And then it just suddenly dawned on me, oh, a melting clock production. So it was born (laughs) at that moment and has just sort of stuck 
Cool. I always like to know the background to companies with interesting names. So that's that's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about Shadows of Tyranny today. That's the name of your new project. And this takes place in the Mirror Universe. And Matthew, I understand that this was originally your idea that you came up with to tell Mm -hmm. the story of what happened after Mirror Mirror. So tell us a little bit about the premise of the story. Yeah, well, um, a bit of how it came about is uh, back in December, January, I was just browsing the web, uh, getting into the audio drama world and uh, trying to find ideas to uh, to do on in audio drama. And I came across this story it, that was set in the Mirror Universe, talking about uh, Spock, Savick and all that. And I kind of liked it. And I was like, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good idea to bring up to, to audio drama. So um, so I kind of started working on it, creating a script and, and uh, uh, trying to make it as best as I could with the very, very limited uh, knowledge and expertise that I had at that time. And um, and then I started pitching it to other people like Darker Projects and um, um, Misfits Audio and Gypsy Audio and, and so forth and other um, groups. But I still I still kept I, I, I still wanted to do it because and the reason I wanted to do this story is although there the story has been told uh, in books, especially David Max books. But it wasn't detailed. I didn't see it detailed enough. And I don't think it went far enough. And that's where I was like, no, I I really want to do something. I really want to do my own twist a bit and uh, and do it go further than than what the books uh, had said. So I thought actually initially that's the script that I that I wrote was was pretty good Um, up to uh, somebody actually told me he said, that we couldn't do, he couldn't do it, and uh, under his his banner, uh, for obvious reasons, but um, basically pushed me to say to do go go and do it yourself. Why don't you create it, right? And one of the things I know by, by working with Sebastian is, and it always been on uh, between each other every time we spoke about this is don't wait for other people, just do it. Just do it like uh, Melting Clot Productions. Uh, he had it, and then one day I said, "You know what? We should just boot it out and do it, do it once." And he's like, "Yeah." So when when this other person told me, "Matt, you should do it," I was like, "You know what? I am going to do it, but I can't do it alone." And um, that's where um, I, I brought Sebastian on, and that's where I. I I needed his expertise because I know how he is. I know how he works with uh, Continuing Mission. We work together very, very well. And I knew I needed some somebody strong to help me take this little idea that I have and bring it to a, a level of quality that is going to be really appreciated by the Star Trek fans. So in the Mirror Universe, they say one man can make a difference. So for you, Sebastian is that one man. Yeah, actually, um, that's that's true because um, it was funny because I, I I've pitched that idea and I did actually pitch it to him once and he kind of like yeah we kind of left it like that. Did he say and you need more I, tyranny? I'll do it if you add more tyranny. <laughs> Not at first, but <laughs> he, he but, pitched it to me as Star Trek Mirror Universe, and I said, well, the first yeah. thing that has to change is the title. Yeah, <laughs> that's just uh, a working title. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we we so we we kind of like I pitched it, but it, I pitched it for a, a TCM one for a continuing mission one, 
And we kind of left it there, kind of like, yeah, maybe, not sure, let's let's put it on ice. And when I came back full-fledged saying, no, I want to do this, uh, I still remember the, the exact phrase saying, okay, scrap it. Like, what? He goes, Matt, forget it. Like, let's take the script, trash it, because there's so many issues with it and i was like <laughs> well, yeah after talking i was like yeah you're right and then that's where let's talk about okay, that okay, initial okay, assessment okay. a little bit sebastian you chime in here tell us about that okay so before we um show that I, he loves me right he loves me that's why i, I love this guy okay <laughs> but okay let, let's 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 be honest okay writers should be writers <laughs> and 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 matt brought me a a script and uh, i i read it and i and actually i read the first 20 pages of it and i was just kind of (laughs) like this isn't gonna work for me i i can't basically i i told my girlfriend that uh, because i tell her everything first to see how she would react before i tell anyone else just like how, how does it sound if i say it like this and I, I can't work on this script. If you want to make this show, I can't be the guy. If uh, That's kind of what I, I brought to him. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but this script will not work for me. What, were, what concerns did you have? Uh, this story was not a Star Trek story. Okay. A Star Trek story, in my eyes, has a certain formula. And a way that we tell the story, you know, um, you you have a dilemma which they are facing. You have an A, a B story. You have little things which are showing up if it's serialized. So in episode one leads into episode two, things like that. So you, you have to kind of build a story kind of like building a house. You know, you have all these different components and at the end you have this beautiful house. Well, unfortunately, this this house would have been made out of something which we can't say on the air. So we, we have to... <laughs> <Straw>. <laughs> we I hope listeners to. understand that you guys know each other really well. So you're not, you know, otherwise this could come off as a little bit... Um, oh, no, no. no. There's, there is no holds barred in our conversations. Um, it, I, I, I know that you guys are big Star Trek fans, so you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this. The Next Generation set was this irreverent place where everybody was just kind of brutal to each other. That's kind of what we have going on here. We're brutal. <laughs> there is there is no oh, I think you mm-hmm. might want to think of it this way. It's just kind of dude, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of where we came from. Well, so there yeah. were issues there where you felt it didn't have the pieces that are mm-hmm. necessary for a Star Trek story because i agree star trek has a certain formula to Mm -hmm. it and i'm fine with playing around with it and pushing the boundaries of that but at the end of the day there 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 is something that makes a story a star trek story versus just a general science fiction story so let's talk about bringing that in and creating the script that you now have that you're going to produce tell me about that so so what we did was um i said how about this matt how about i write the pilot how about I, I'll pitch you an idea, I'll write the pilot. So I came up with something just kind of in the next 15 minutes at that moment. I said, well, what if, what if someone's trying to kill Spock? 
on the Enterprise in that first episode. We're right in, we drop right into the middle of it and the audience has to kind of catch up with what's going on. And what if, like, we're, we're dropped right into a situation where, like, there's a bomb that goes off. Mm. And uh, over the next hour, I wrote the kind of the premise for the pilot with him online. We just kind of tapped it out and figured out what kind of challenges would be happening and all that kind of stuff. And it, a, a different story completely from what was originally pitched began to take mm-hmm. shape. He basically gave me the edict that it had to end with Spock taking over the Terran Empire. The whole story had to end with him becoming the new emperor. But I basically could play between A and Z. I could take it. I could do whatever I wanted, which is really exciting because in Star Trek, generally you're kind of restricted to what you can do. And I decided, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to Ronald D. Moore this. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to reimagine the mirror universe, which is what I did. And it's it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, in just that hour that we spent, I think we spent like a, a good two, uh, two three days straight. Uh, my wife was about to kill me, uh, <laughs> but on uh, on on just you know Skype and and Google Hangout and whatever, and just writing. We were writing this treatment uh, for at least a good two three days straight, and the ideas that we came up are phenomenal. Uh, we took then uh, the series plan that, that we hashed out, um, which then led to tr- starting starting our thinking caps of of who should be writing additional writers to uh, to the to the group, and then also even started thinking of okay, who should be playing these parts and so forth. Well, so let's talk was, a little uh, bit about awesome. the writing for just yep. a second, though, because yep. this is the right time to say that we brought in my writing partner, uh, Ruby. Yep. And she yep. and I had worked very closely on a couple of Disney pilot projects. To hold on, hold on. Your writing Disney. partner is Ruby. How did how did you get her time off from the 602 Club, Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you don't mean the waitress, Ruby, do you? <laughs> you know I, I i hear that malcolm knows her really well yeah I, 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 he's known her more times than he can remember that's right <laughs> okay go on so anyways my, my writing partner saying. ruby fink uh who i had worked with very closely on some disney pilot writing projects and she mm-hmm. and i we, we wrote a whole pirate uh chronicle series which is going to be an audio show we've pretty much got a whole show that's ready to go we just haven't even done anything with it yet but we wrote that together this last uh, about six months ago and uh so i brought her in on shadows to initially write the third episode uh and she ended up kind of going, well, I I thought I was writing the first one, and suddenly I thought, you know what? I'm just going to have her write the scripts. I'll write the story, well, and she's going to write the scripts. Yeah. It was actually funny, that that conversation that we were having, because we kind of already had, uh, I think it was episode one, two, and three, kind of laid out uh, into partial treatments, except for the first one, which was really a, a huge, an entire treatment on itself, on its own. And uh, so we had given it to her for, for her to, to analyze and read and, and come up with ideas and stuff and then to discuss. And uh, it's kind of weird because the conversation never actually started saying, oh, by the way, 
uh, let's talk about episode three, which is the one we want you to to, to write. Uh, we just kind of went in the conversation, started, okay, so how do you think, blah, blah, blah. And for her, in her mind, it was episode one. So she was coming up and like, and then at one point, I think it was Sebastian, and it was like, well, Ruby, you're, you're, that's all fine and dandy, but you're writing episode three. And she basically went, what? No, I want to write one. And, and then she was so motivated by it. We, I basically, right there, I just basically said, hey, Seb, why not? She picked up the ball and ran with it. That's it. So I was like, that was awesome. So she's been, she's been tremendously uh, cool and she's writing, uh, you know, the second one right now and the third should be, should be coming up soon. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you if all six parts were written yet, but so you've got the pilot written and you're working on the second and third right now. Yeah. Right. But all of them will be pretty much recorded before the first one is released because I'm completely running this differently from continuing mission. Okay. That's good when you know it's going to be a six-part series. It's it's so nice, so. and I say this, to have an end in sight. You know, oh my mm, gosh, yeah. I know where this story ends, and then if people really like it, maybe we'll do six more, but maybe we won't, and that's kind of exciting too. Yep. Well, yep. Let me ask you about the premise a little bit more, because this story has been told before in books, and even recently with Star Trek Continues, they did an excellent take on it with fairest of them all, which takes place immediately after Mirror Mirror when Kirk comes back, the the evil Kirk comes back to the ISS Enterprise, and we see what happens there. So I think many people listening will be wondering what is going to be different about your take on the events following Mirror Mirror and moving forward. Now, obviously yours, it sounds like anyway, will take place over a longer span of time. There's that. It it will take place over um, probably about four or five months. Uh, That's about the episode one through six kind of arc because a lot of time passes in the middle uh, because uh, various reasons. Uh, But uh, (laughs) the, the thing that you asked is a really good question, which is how different is it going to be? And if you all cast your minds back to 2003, uh, when all of a sudden Battlestar Galactica was coming out again and was completely different from what came out in 1978, Starbuck Mm -hmm. was a girl, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of way I'm looking at this. I'm I'm kind of going into So you're saying Spock's going to be a girl? (laughs) <laughs> a beautiful girl <laughs> Spockette so uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, roll up my sleeves and get in there and change things now you're not going to see the JJ prize on this I'm not doing major fundamental changes I'm just changing the way they interact a little Spock maybe has a little bit more emotion than you're used to it's a little different flavor you know instead of being strawberry it's strawberry banana you know it's it's just a little different okay so a little bit different take because one thing that was going through my mind is when you start playing with canon i mean a lot of fans get really really caught up with canon like you can never do this because this is what we saw on screen and some fans even say you can never do this because this is what was done in the books and you know, I read the books and of course, Matthew Rushing and I do literary treks. And so I put a lot of stock in the events that happen in books, but at the same time, I do keep them separated from what happens on screen. 
But everyone's idea of canon differs a little bit. And some people are very flexible about it, like me. And some people will argue with you for hours about it, endlessly <laughs> online, especially. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. <laughs> right. And so I, I wondered, when you're writing, in your mind, do, do you always picture things as being linear? Like in this case, are you starting with Mirror, Mirror? And you're picturing a progression that at least for the purpose of your story and in your mind when you're writing it is a direct continuation. Or do you think about the idea that maybe there are different timelines and these events happen in this timeline and these events happen in this timeline, not going completely overboard in the JJ sense, but more in like the many worlds theory sense. Okay. Well, I'm kind of impressionable as a storyteller. And right now I'm really into Game of Thrones. (laughs) So I thought to myself, wouldn't it be interesting because the mirror universe is kind of like that universe, Game of Thrones. If we added that, you know, extra level to it to make it more kind of adult themed Mm -hmm. so that it's not so much like it's pornography, but it's there is going to be murders on the bridge of the Enterprise with a knife. Someone stabs someone in the neck with a knife. It's horrible. It's not something you want to see. But that's life. And Star Trek does a lot to kind of shield you from Mm -hmm. the sort of the gruesomeness of life. And I'm kind of bringing that Battlestar Galactica side to it, saying, okay, I want this to be a little grittier, a little dirtier, a little more used, a little more scary. And do you feel, how do you balance that? Because for example, my wife, when we watched Battlestar Galactica, she really enjoyed it up until, I want to say it was during the third season. And she kind of got turned off because they kept jacking up the violent nature of it more and more, especially when you had the the uh, occupation. And I, I think sometimes that can actually turn people off, maybe especially Star Trek fans. Do, do you have a concern about that? How do you balance that so you don't go... Because like for me, I have zero interest in Game of Thrones. I have okay. no interest in it. I've seen a bit of it. I look at it and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I'm not interested uh, in that. So, like, I don't like violence in general. So for me as a Star Trek fan, if things move too much in the direction of of violence or grittiness, it will eventually turn me off. So how do you balance that within a Star Trek story? It's a really good question because I'm very sensitive to that. I'm Mm -hmm. very sensitive to keeping this Star Trek. But I do believe, and I said this years ago as well, the Star Trek has to change yeah, with the times. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. Yeah, and it it can't. We can't be spandex wearing perfect people. We no one is like that. And mm-hmm. I think that the episodes of Star Trek people like the most in the pale moonlight, yeah. waltz stuff like that. People are flawed. They're scared. They're mm-hmm. ex. It, it's they're dirty. There there's a dirty quality to that universe. And well, if we, we just look at the in in a mirror darkness, those two episodes, how much the fans love those. Exactly. So right? when we start so. talking about the mirror universe, you're given this immense latitude to start going. Okay, now I can actually tell yeah. a story that is dirty. A difference with mm-hmm. say in a mirror darkly 
and going to what we saw in some of Battlestar Galactica and what you see in Game of Thrones and, and shows like this is that there's an implied violence versus mm-hmm. a graphic violence. And uh, I totally agree with you. Star Trek has to evolve. And that's why DS9 became my favorite series, because it has that more realistic uh, take, especially as you move along through the war. But you're still focused on how that is affecting the characters without necessarily showing like Nog loses a leg, but it's not done in a graphic way. It's more about the impact of it. So so, so let me Mm -hmm. definitely address that head on. I really want to make sure we keep this a Star Trek story. We're dealing with elements. How is Spock changing? How Mm -hmm. is he changed from the moment he met Captain Kirk from the, the, the non mirror universe? What is his ultimate goal because he is driving towards peace and that is kind of what Star Trek does best. So he's going to basically do the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So if a few people have to die for the Terran Empire to collapse and the rise of peace, sort of the Pax Romana, which is kind of what we're driving for with this, um, it's it's a... Um, it's a it's a sacrifice he's willing to make. He's mm-hmm. willing to take it that far to make changes that have to be made. As any great leader will do, they will make big, even big sacrifices to make bigger changes. The mm-hmm. needs of the many, the, you know, the greater good. And I think that that's the Star Trek theme in this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we also have a sort of a, a hidden romance between Spock and Savick. Mm-hmm. So they, they have this sort of never quite realized relationship, which is, you know, he, instead of saying, I love you, he says things like, I'm glad you're not dead. <laughs> you know, because that's all Spock can say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we mm-hmm. keep the characters as you have come to love them. Even Kirk is going to be Captain Kirk and you're mm-hmm. going to hate him, but you're going to love him because he's Captain Kirk. So, so you're saying yeah. that Uhura is not going to run up and hug Spock every time he gets a hangnail? Good Lord, no. no. <laughs> uh, wh- no. How does Matt say it? Um, uh, no. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're definitely not going to go into the um, gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to do that type of of. Of, uh, of violence you know it's like Game of Thrones goes too far I think sometimes mm-hmm. a lot I think with a lot that. personally but, yeah so but so like Sebastian would say you know we have to keep it Star Trek uh, but we gotta think you know we gotta bear in mind we're in the mirror universe so if somebody dies he's and he's not a red shirt oh well we're in the mirror universe oh there's That's gonna be something. a lot of people uh, that you love that that's, don't quite yeah. make it. That's it. <laughs> um, and also to to come back a bit on 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 the on the question of canon uh, with the, the books and, and all that. And uh, there are key, there are several key things that I did tell my team, the team that I I am adamant of. Um, so to keep in with the canon because I've read the books as well and I know what happens. So there are the key things that are still are going to stay in canon. They may not be identical of how it transpires to become that or how does the action transpires. Uh, example, 
you know, we're talking about uh, Star Trek Continues. Well, that's a, that's a flaw in the canon uh, to me. You know, by when I looked at that episode and saw the ending on how it ended with Kirk going bye bye on a shuttlecraft. Well, I've read the book. That's not canon. You know, except and the book isn't canon either. That's it. Yeah, right. it's it's it all depends on who who you know, like you were saying. It's everyone's you know, interpretation. We, yes, of continuing uh, the yeah, story. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, but we are going to be keeping some key elements of the book canon because those are the basic ones I'm I'm, yeah. I'm basing myself off of. But uh, the rest of it is is like I told Sebastian and Ruby. I mean, it's <laughs> here's your sandbox. Go have fun. That's the most and exciting thing are, as a writer. Yeah, and they're having a lot of fun, and I'm having a lot of fun reading this. I mean, it's it's re- sitting at, at night with my iPad, just re- reading the script before I go to bed, and my wife nudging me, going, "Go to bed, come on, shut the, <laughs> shut the." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, I gotta read this." So, well, I, yeah, I'm I have to point out one thing to you guys because we're talking about the edgy nature of this. The abbreviation for this S space O F space T spell soft and it reminded me of doofenshmirtz on phineas and ferb when he had his invention the boat which was the buoyancy operated aquatic transport which he later found out was actually already the name of something a boat it's not pronounced boat are you concerned that people might think that your story is soft when they see the abbreviation no <laughs> i'm not concerned at all one of the things i've learned doing star trek audio uh show star trek the continuing mission for so many years and is that the fans will either like it or they will hate it if they hate it they will let you know if they love it you will never hear from them exactly (laughs) that's That's how it is with pretty much anything that you create as a creative yes so, Pretty much so anything. Have, I get these emails, you know, just um, I had an email from a gentleman the other day saying, and, and, and I don't mind saying this. He told me that he doesn't like the music that I've chosen for continuing mission. Right. Oh, well, you know, th- that, that's how I yeah. look at it. You know, and Shadows of Tyranny, there are going to be some major things that people are going to not like. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. a story that we want to tell. It's, it's a story that's going to be a Star Trek story. There's a reason for these things to happen, and there's a logical end, and Spock is going to be Spock throughout, and if you like these characters, you'll join us for the ride. Yep. I will add, though, I just want to say, because I said that's how it is with pretty much everything, that here on the network, we have wonderful listeners who actually do tell us that they love what we're doing, or they really enjoyed that show, so we do get a great positive feedback, but we also get those messages from people who will tell us how much they dislike this thing that we said or how we put something together. And I guess the difference is that those people will write you a novel and the people that like you will send you, you know, a very short, I really love the latest episode, guys, keep it up as opposed to two paragraphs about why you made the wrong choice. Right. Which we love. So, but, but that's the, that's being a creative. So I knew any, any novel, any book, any movie, anything ever created, has the same uh, situation. Matthew, yeah. let me ask you, because I feel like today, in 2014, in the world of Star Trek audio dramas, 
aren't you pretty much editing like every second of audio that's published anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, it feels I'm, that I'm, way. I'm, it feels like it. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, looking at doing this, this one. Well, this one is is an idea I came up with, right? So right. I really, really, really was motivated in doing it, and I'm mm-hmm. actually very glad of the team that, I, well, that we were able to assemble. And but, actually, uh, yeah, that, that's I mean, why I asked the question, really, because this was something that you came up with that you're going to be spearheading together with Sebastian. Yeah. And the reason for my question is that you've gained this experience doing these other audio dramas. And Mm -hmm. approaching this, are there things that you've been wanting to try, you know, like techniques or approaches to producing the audio drama that you want to try? And this is your opportunity to do it because it's really your project. Yeah, it's it's to play play around, have a have an open canvas, just like the uh, Sebastian and Ruby have uh, in the sandbox. Um, You know, now it's me. It's my thing. It's. I'll definitely have Sebastian. He'll he'll slap my wrist once or twice or three or four or five. But regardless, um, you know, I I still want to <laughs> I still want to play around and try. Especially, I want to try the the old TOS sound effects. Those are the the ones I want to I want to try out. I want to try out the Enterprise ones. But we also want to bring some new sound effects, a bit more 2014. You know, more more to not 1966 more mm-hmm. 2014 mm-hmm. and and play around with that and new music uh especially music uh stings and and uh background music to uh that is different that is similar to star trek but different to make it unique to our stuff to our we show. were talking about galactica before a lot of the music which i would like to see used in this series incidentals and, and other things are the Brer McCrary mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica soundtrack, so, which so is you're going to have a lot of, of English horn in your in your music, <laughs> I guess. Right? Well, just just multiple ethnic groups because that's yeah. what he yeah. did. He had a lot of mm-hmm. he had Indian music, he had Irish music. He brought a bunch of. He, I thought he did some fantastic music oh, for that definitely. show. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah we and, we want drums. Uh, we want drums. We want uh, more drums. Music that is more drums. That's dark. We mm-hmm. want dark music. Uh, dark themes, uh, you know, action-driven, especially as well. With action, a, a lot but, of drums, yeah, a lot action-driven, of action, yes, but also very much character-driven. Because yes. the, these, these, this yes. is all about the fact that people need to change their very character in this universe. The character of these people is evil, and they must become something that isn't, whether that is a middle-of-the-road or a, a 100% flip, but they have to be better than they are and and I think they said that in Star Trek Nemesis the meaning of being human is to want to be better than you are and I think that's the theme of this one man can change the few, one man can change everything and make everybody feel, change okay yeah I like that tagline better than the one I was thinking of one man can change everything I was thinking more feeling less evil <laughs> <laughs> because they're trying to become less evil maybe yes, not good less evil. but less evil <laughs> more spandex uh m- more m- more uh colony missions <laughs> oh dear they they have a radiation leak oh we'll we'll get there in three hours but we're only going warp seven maybe we should go warp nine <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, tell, tell me a little bit about casting. You said, have you casted all the roles or are you still looking for people for some roles? We have cast pretty much every role except for a couple. As a few of the supernumerary characters, which are some of the background roles, but also we're, we're still looking for a Lieutenant Uhura. We really have not been able to nail down a fantastic Lieutenant Uhura because what's happened is through Matt's connections and through my connections, we have built this amazing cast. So I can't settle for anyone now. Now we have to find everyone that's perfect. When I did Continuing Mission, I was kind of limited. I, was, I would be like, oh, this person will be perfect for this role. And as I had never directed and produced something on that scale, I didn't realize sometimes that casting a non-actor was so detrimental. So mm-hmm. when, when we started doing Shadows, the actual actors that are going to be in these roles are phenomenal. These are actors oh, yeah. that are awesome. We, and, and just, just oh, it was, it's been a ride. It's been a fun ride because I've proposed a lot of these people and we, yeah, there, there's one or two that we we've changed their assignments for better fitting and it worked out very well. And, uh, and we have two that are going to be, which, because we're talking iconic characters here and those, those two have the best interpretation of these iconic characters ever. I just, I, when I heard them, especially one of them, when I heard the, the, his audition, I was floored and I kept it for myself a bit until one day as I, Sebastian, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this guy. You got to listen. And then the one day I was like, no, listen to him. Boom. I sent it off. He listened. He's like, holy cow. And when we talked to this guy on, on Skype, (gasps) he nailed it. (laughs) And, and the only thing Sebastian could say is we got our, our checkoff. We got our checkoff. We got our Sulu. Our Sulu. So so, so I guess it's time to, to do the big reveal because we've been kind of holding back on this. Um, Yeah. Captain James T. Kirk is going to be portrayed by Scott Martinek who plays Captain Edwards on Continuing Mission. But he is an incredibly versatile actor. And when I gave him the script and he returned lines, I said, oh, just drunk it up a bit because we want him to be kind of a Caligula Captain Kirk who's always got a drink in his hand. And um, it was so good, it was scary. Then we have um, Dr. McCoy being played by Larry Phelan who plays the captain on Star Trek Excelsior. And he's also kind of drunking it up a little bit and becoming kind of a little, a little different, you know, kind of slurring his words. And he delivers a perfect Dr. McCoy. Yeah. You want to do some of them, uh, Matt? Yeah. uh, We, um, uh, I'll start off with Sean, Sean Burgess, uh, who's going to be playing um, uh, Spock, uh, Commander Spock. Uh, He's a great really, stage really, actor from oh, uh, yeah. San Diego. Yeah, and he nailed Spock. I mean, it's it's fun because he was able to nail Spock, older Spock, as well as younger Spock. So he is very, very versatile. We are talking about Samuel uh, Gillis, who plays uh, Lieutenant Lora- Alex Lorock on Star Trek Excelsior, who will be playing Sulu. And uh, he basically caught us right from the get-go as soon as he started with the, oh my, 
from uh, I think I even got it myself. But anyways, <laughs> but he really he he nailed it. I mean, we were like, whoa, what is this like? If we didn't know we were talking to Sam, I thought we were talking to Walt uh, to uh, to George. Uh, it, was, it was that that good. It really is that good. And then we have uh, Mr. Ben Wiseman, who does a couple of of ins and outs, like sporadic little parts here, here and there on the Star Trek Excel here, uh, who will be playing uh, Chekhov. And he's the one that uh, that was the first one I I sent to Sebastian, and it was is dead on. It was like you close your eyes and you listen to him interpret uh, Chekhov, and you're like, he is Anton. He because he can mimic Anton from the the JJ Abrams mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. Uh, Chekhov, dead on, and we're like, wow, that is going to be awesome. Um, and, and, uh, and also uh, um, M. Sierra yep. Garcia playing Lieutenant Savick, who is Spock's yep. personal guard, and she's been in every audio show all around the web. So if you, she's been in Doctor Who and just tons of yep. stuff and she's got a great voice she's got one of the most sultry female voices and just a voice you want to have in your ear and so, so I'm, I'm really excited about this incredible cast that we were able to get together for this mm-hmm. so maybe mm-hmm. she will be good for the next melting clock productions project where you do the navigation systems for cars <laughs> <laughs> All right. So right. sounds like a great cast and and I can't wait to hear the first episode when it comes out. So tell us when is that first episode going to drop? Do you have a concrete date yet? Do you have a time frame? Fall 2014. Yeah, is, fall. Yeah, is uh, very uh, fall. Um it's not concrete yet uh cuz we're what we're planning is to get all three episodes written, the first three episodes written. We want them to be uh, recorded, and then while somebody's going to be mixing, I don't know who uh, mixed those. Some Canadian uh, those guy, three. I think. Yeah, some <laughs> Canadian guy is going to be mixing that. So, <laughs> so as I'm doing the mix uh, of of the episodes, then we we still have the team working on four, five, six, uh, and then they can then catch up to. I can catch up to where we're at, and then release the three. Work on the other three, release the three. We're trying to release them a little bit more Netflix where we put them out in a block. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. How, what's the release schedule going to be like? Yeah. So it's like three and three or two, okay. two and two, something like that. So you're going to get a mm-hmm. bigger a bigger bite. Yeah. Excellent. And what's the, what's the length going to be for each episode? Right now they're running between 30 and 40 minutes. Okay. Uh, I was trying to keep them to 30. Mm-hmm. because I just thought, oh, I can do more if I do them at 30 minutes. But the problem is when you start writing a Star Trek story right. and it starts unfolding <laughs> and it's like, oh, I need three pages to explain this, you know, and then, yeah, then you're well, at 37 pages. <laughs> I know what it's like. I mean, I start writing a press release or a case study or anything like that and it balloons quickly and, and I have to pull it back. What a lot of people may not know about Trek Film is that all of our series shows, the five shows dedicated to each series, were originally conceived to be 30 minutes in length. And only To The Journey has managed to stick to that. And the rest of us have all gone to like an hour. So we can't control ourselves. Just way too much to say about this great, great franchise, you know. Yep. 
That's right. Okay, great. Well, so where can everyone go if they want to keep tabs on the development of Shadows of Tyranny? And where will they be able to find the episodes when they come out? Well, we have our website. That's uh, www.shadowsoftyranny.com. And we are also on Twitter with the hashtag Shadows of Tyranny. And so every time we we tweet about it, we'll tweet with, with the hashtag. As well as on Facebook, we do have a Facebook page, Shadows uh, Star Trek Shadows of Tyranny. Mm-hmm. And and you, the thing is, right now you'll find most of the chatter on Twitter uh, from either yep. myself or from Matt. Yep. Great. And what do people want to find you guys personally? What are your social media handles? Uh, myself on Twitter is at Captain Blondin. Uh, so C-A-P-T-B-L-O-N-D-I-N. And I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, just Matt, Mathieu Blondin, and they can find me there. You know, every time I every time I send you a tweet, I type it. I, I say it with that French-Canadian accent as I'm typing. <laughs> That's awesome. And I should also mention, and I do this every time just to jab at him, um, that he's oh, not calling himself captain like a captain of a starship. He's actually an Air Force captain. So, yeah. you know, he does have okay. the right to use the rank yeah. captain. Yeah, right. I'm actually a Royal Canadian Air Force retired captain. Okay, so you are an authentic captain. So if yes. anyone ever asks me again, because people ask me this sometimes because of Trek of Film, they go, are you yeah. a captain? I'll say, nope, but Matthew Blondane is. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> He really is. Well, how about you, Sebastian? Where can people find you? Well, if you want to find me online, um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, just at Sebastian Pruth. So that's S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N-P-R-O-O-T-H. If you follow me on there, um, you can see the just crazy amount of stuff I'm talking about. And I really don't have a <laughs> subject I tweet about. I just say random stuff and uh, try to just kind of put something out there randomly at least once or twice a day. So uh, if you want to follow me on there or you can follow me on Facebook, you can also find Star Trek, the continuing mission online and download that at Star Trek continuing mission.com. We put out our latest episode cathedral in the void on May 10th of 2014, which was the first new episode in quite a while. So if you haven't heard that, you can pick that up on our website. You can follow us on our official Facebook at Star Trek, the continuing mission on facebook just click follow and you'll be able to follow us that we've just put out some artwork for the upcoming episode so you can kind of keep Mm -hmm. up to date with us on there cool and we should also mention i said up front that listeners know you guys because you've been on before that was continuing mission eight where we had you guys and more of the cast from the continuing mission on we talked about cathedral in the void and about the series in general as well a little bit. So if anyone's listening to this, if you're new to the show, if you didn't hear Continuing Mission 8, go listen to that. You can hear Sebastian and Matthew there, along with everyone else talking about that audio drama. Absolutely. Yes, please check it out. Well, thanks again, guys, for dropping by today to talk about this. I'm, I'm glad to know a little bit more about what Shadows of Tyranny is, and also that it's not Shadows of Irony as I thought when you first told me about it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's not Shadows of Irony, too. It went through a lot nope. of titles before it got to Shadows of Tyranny, but I'm uh, I'm really happy that with what we came up with. And I'm really excited yep. about um, letting this out into the world and seeing what everybody makes of it, good or bad. Yep. 
Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a wild ride. And uh, yeah, everybody, every fan of Star Trek are going to appreciate this. Definitely. I hope. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed our discussion of the Mirror Universe today, but this isn't the only thing we've been talking about on Trek FM this past week. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. See, they say that Spock's not a funny guy. But that's this, really funny. This shows, you know, even more than his command ability, it shows that even in the most dire of situations, he still has a sense of humor. Earl Grey. Hey, Any anyway, other points on Transfigurations? Come on, no. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next okay. one. Let's go to the next one. Episode 26. Part 1. The Orb. If it was anybody else, I would be questioning the, the ethics of it much more. But because of the relationship that Sloane and Bashir have, I almost kind of expect that Sloane would look down on Bashir if he wasn't doing something like this. To the journey! It's just a good old action story. It's easy to follow. And yeah, okay, granted, yes, yeah, Janeway's got the rifle in her hand and she's going around, but she's shooting bugs. That could be scary, though. There's a lot of dark lights, a lot of yeah. jump scares where you open up a door and then the monster comes at your face. The ready room. Well, keep in mind, uh, espionage and spy, they have trouble with those two words in Romulan. So maybe that's maybe that's why it comes across as stilted <laughs> and contributes to the world's slowest disarmament and fight in the history of anything. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. It doesn't temper anything that the attempt is valiant. No matter how noble the knight is who fights for this king, he's fighting for a corrupt king. Maybe they're not trying to be valiant. Maybe the next people who come in will try to be defiant. Yes. Literary treks. And I think Kira makes a great point. We need closure. And this is a great way for us to close the book on everything that happened to us for the last 50, almost 60 years. Mm -hmm. Continuing mission. What are we going to do for the man trap? What are we going to do? Because it's all about a salt creature, and a lot of it's on the planet. What do we do? And I literally just blurted out to Ashley. I was like, what if it was all about the plant? Melodic treks. No, it's got nothing to do with the actual episode. It's just the yeah. music. But it's, I think it's really funny that, yeah, I've changed my opinion of him. So I'll choose music from the episode that most people say is complete rubbish. Well, the first two minutes of that episode are fine. They're the same as any other episode, really, aren't they? <laughs> And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. We have new shows for you every day of the week, and you can find them everywhere you get your podcasts. Just search for Trek.fm or the name of the show you want to listen to, and you'll find us there. And be sure to pick up the Master Feed. The Master Feed contains every episode of every show that we do, so it's a great way to sample other discussion across the network. Speaking of the Master Feed, I'd like to extend a big welcome to Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Our friends John and Ken from Mission Log are now available here through Trek FM. You'll find Mission Log on the Trek FM website. You'll also find them with us in our artist section on iTunes. And you'll find each episode of Mission Log as it's released in the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. So if you listen to Mission Log and you listen to our shows, this will be, I think, a convenient way for you to get those episodes right there along with all the others. 
So again, a big welcome to John and Ken. We're so happy to have them here with us on Trek FM. Speaking of iTunes and places you get your podcasts, you will remember that we recently ran a reviews promotion, and we were giving away some prizes to those who left reviews for us there in the store. And we have finished pulling together all the entries, and we have picked the winners at random, contacted them, and so now we can announce who they are. The big winner was Christopher Baca, who won the DVD Blu-ray prize, and he got Blu-rays of the original series Season 3. Also, Michael Blakemore and Robert Womack both won Starship collection ships from Japan. Gene Russell and Jake Duke won novels. And Eric Butler and Eric Wellsby won complete sets of our original Alien Illustration art badges. Also, Greg Rosier won the Axonar patches, which Alec Peter donated. And for everyone else who did not win those prizes, we're working on a digital item for you. And I'll be in touch with you soon to let you know about that because we would like to give something to everyone who took the time to leave us reviews. So thanks so much to everybody and congratulations to the winners. And anyone else listening, I do hope that you will drop by and review the show if you haven't already. Even though our promotion is over, it really makes a difference for us. We love to hear from you, of course, and it also makes it easier for Star Trek fans to find the show as they're searching in the iTunes store. You can also leave reviews on Stitcher these days. One other way that you can help us out is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. Our shows are free for you to download, but they're not free for us to produce. It actually takes quite a lot of money for us to produce, host, and distribute our shows every single month. And we have new shows every single day. So that really adds up. And we appreciate any help that you can give us in keeping the network going. But of course, we want to give things back to you in return. So if you go to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash trekfm, you will see different contribution levels and perks. Now, what Patreon is, if you're not familiar with it, is it's a lot like Kickstarter, but instead of supporting a single project, it's a way for you to support the creatives that you love on a monthly basis. So you set an amount that you like to contribute each month, and that becomes a recurring thing, and it helps us keep the shows coming to you. So if you look at that page, you will see our goals and the things that we're working on right now, the things that we need help with. There are some one-time goals there at the moment. And also in the main body of the page, you will see the different contribution levels that we've set as milestones. Of course, you can donate any amount you want, a dollar, $3, $17, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be an even number. But we have outlined all the things that we will give you in return. And we've got a lot of great things there. Of course, things like digital wallpapers, but also things like associate producer credits or a chance to sit in on the recording of your favorite Trek FM show, or you can become a member of our content planning committee. We have all sorts of great perks for you there. So please check it out. Patreon.com slash Trek FM. It means a great deal to me. I really can't tell you how much it means to me when you support the network. I I love bringing the shows to you guys every single day, but we really can use your help and your support. So thank you so much for that. If you'd like to leave some feedback on today's show, if you want to talk about Shadows of Tyranny or the Mirror Universe or other independent projects, things you want me to cover here on the show that maybe I don't know about right now, 
you can reach me in a variety of ways. If you go to our website at trek.afilm contact, there's a form there. Just choose to send to a show and choose continuing mission, and that will come to me by email. You can also find us on social media. Our username on Twitter is trekfilm. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfilm, a community on G+. And also, you can send me a voicemail. If you look in the left-hand sidebar on our website or go to speakpipe.com, the word speak and the word pipe, dot com slash trekfm, you can send me a voicemail just using the microphone on your webcam, your tablet, or your smartphone, and you can upload that right there to me as an mp3 file. And I'd love to hear from you that way and maybe play your voicemails here on the show. If you'd like to find me personally, I'm all around in social media. You can find me on Twitter, where my username is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. Feel free to hit me up there. And I have my website at cbrianjones.com. And then elsewhere on the network, I do a lot of different shows. There's Warp 5, The Orb, Literary Treks, Matterstream, Hyperchannel, The Ready Room, and also... For fans of independent productions like we talk about here on Continuing Mission, I also co-host the official Star Trek Axanar podcast with Alec Peters. So catch that show if you want to hear all about the background of Axanar. If you're wondering why we don't talk about Axanar a little bit more often here on Continuing Mission, it's because we have an entire show devoted just to Axanar, and it takes you behind the scenes of the production. So check that out, and I know you're going to really enjoy that one. Last thing here before I let you go, I would like to remind you about our sponsor for today's show, Audible.com. They're the best source for audiobooks that you're going to find anywhere. I absolutely love them, and I know you will too. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm, you can get a free book of your choice just for trying the service. So choose whatever book you want. They have lots of great Star Trek books there, but they have books across all genres. And most new books that come out these days, at least beyond Star Trek, have an audio version that comes out at the same time as the hardcover or paperback. So go pick something to read today. I'm doing air quotes there, but that's what I call it, reading them. And you can get that at audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And again, if you decide not to stick with them, you'll get to keep that at the end. So nothing to lose, but it really does help us out because we get a little bit from Audible that helps us cover the cost of hosting and distribution. So we really thank them for their support of the network, and we thank you for supporting Audible. And I also thank you for dropping by today to listen to the show. And thanks to Sebastian and Matthew for spending some time with me so I could learn more about this project that they've been telling me about a little bit behind the scenes. I hope you'll join me again next time on this continuing mission, and let's see what's out there. <laughs>